there is nothing wrong with your internet, do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Episode 7 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean fangirl And tonight, we're discussing the finale, Episode 9 and 10 of The Expanse. Season finale. We got yes. more. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was... It was something. All right, all right. We won't get into it just yet. Steve has found news for us, as he often does. And this is very exciting news. Yes, Sci-Fi announced it has renewed hit drama series The Magicians for a second season of 13 episodes expected to air in 2017. Squee! Thanks to an extraordinarily gifted creative team of executive producers and our partners at Universal Cable Productions, The Magicians has become a buzzed-about hit, enchanting fans of the novels as well as attracting new and younger audiences to sci-fi, said Dave Howell, president, sci-fi and chiller. During its first three episodes, The Magicians averaged 1.7 million viewers, 853,000 adults 18 to 49, and 910,000 adults 25 to 54, based on the Live Plus 3 data. The series is also strong among younger viewers with adults 18 to 34, growing consecutively over each episode, averaging 180% above Sci-Fi's primetime delivery in that demo. So it's bringing in a younger crowd. Mm, It's pretty good numbers, too. Yes. Digitally, the series' first episode was sampled more than 6.7 million times during its pre-linear launch, which was January 8th through the 25th, across sci-fi.com and select partner sites, as well as on-demand cable, satellite, and telco TV platforms. Additionally, an on-air sneak peek of the pilot, airing December 16th at 10 p.m., drew 1.3 million viewers, based on Live Plus 7 data. I was one of those people. Yes. I just want to say... I love that they're saying 1.7 million, which is a whole crap ton of people. Yes. Are good numbers. When we've actually seen, I just read an article, which makes me sad. Another show that Steve and I both enjoy, but we haven't talked about it yet, which was Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. They're saying like 2.3 million isn't enough to, you know, to keep it going. Right. Yeah. It makes me sad. Yes. Because it's like, no, millions. That's a lot of freaking people. I don't know, but I'm just glad that. This one's being renewed. I was super excited when I seen this. I was, I think, scrolling through Facebook and I seen it on my feed. It just made me really happy. Yes. Yeah, look for those episodes coming soon. Yes. Yes, because we've already got a couple that are coming out. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, let me see what else. We have Sci-Fi announced that it has greenlit the series Incorporated, a futuristic thriller from Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Jennifer Todd's Pearl Street Films, CBS Television Studios, and Universal Cable Production. The 13-episode first season of the new drama is expected to premiere on Sci-Fi in fall of 2016. Set in a near future where corporations have unlimited power. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> in the future? Okay, sorry. Uh, incorporated centers around Ben Larson, Sean Teal from Rain, a young executive who conceals his true identity to infiltrate a, ve- a very dangerous corporate world to save the woman he loves. But he'll soon learn that he's not the only one whose secrets may have deadly consequences. <laughs> um, in addition to Teal, the series will start. Eddie Ramos from Teen Wolf, Golden Globe nominee Dennis Haysbert, 24, and Emmy Award winner Julia Orman from Mad Men. Incorporated was created by David and Alex Pastor, Selfless in the Last Days, who wrote and directed the pilot. Ted Humphrey, the good wife, will serve as executive producer and showrunner, with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Jennifer Todd also executive producing. Pearl Street Films' Margaret Chernin will serve as co-producer. The most powerful science fiction holds a mirror up to our world, said David Howe, president of Sci-Fi and Chiller. Incorporated is exactly the type of smart, provocative series delivering a fresh, edge-of-your-seat thriller that challenges notions of the world we live in today. We look forward to working with the stellar teams at Pearl Street Films, CBS Television Studios, and Universal Cable Production to bring it to life for sci-fi viewers this year. So is that part of that um, Project Greenlight that they do? I believe so. Oh, cool. So this should be interesting. And why do I know the name Jennifer Todd? Why do I know who this person is? And I just, I got to fire up the Google machine. Because <laughs> I feel like I can picture this person. And for some reason, it's just not like coming full to light. <laughs> we will be editing out these pauses as I search the Google machine. <laughs> Although I may still have part of that in there. Hang on. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. She's a producer, but yeah, I, I've seen her yes. kind of a lot. So she's been known for just, oh, it looks like a ton of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Memento, Alice in Wonderland, Austin Powers. All right, so I can really get behind the fact that I know a lot of this. <laughs> and she's got, oh my gosh, probably like 15 more things coming out over the next year. Nice. She is a busy, busy person. That's crazy. All right, so now that I've had to research, it is what it is, people. Come on. You should know this by now. We're going to dive into the expanse, the first half of the finale. Yes, episode nine, which was entitled Critical Mass. The events leading up to Julie Mao's infection by the unknown biohazard on the Anubis and gruesome death in her hotel room on Eros are revealed in a flashback. Fred Johnson broadcasts evidence that the stealth ships were built on Earth. After Miller and the Rossinati crew flee the hotel, Julie's body is found and studied by Dredson, a scientist working for Julie's father, Jules Pierre Meow, who harvested her infected blood. Under the guise of a ship explosion and radiation leak, mercenaries loyal to Julie's father and Dredson place Eros in lockdown and seal the poverty-stricken citizens into radiation shelters after infecting them with Julie's blood. As the Rossi crew and Miller try to reach their ship, Miller and Holden discover the true shelter's true purpose as growth accelerators for the infection and receive a lethal dose of radiation. Oh my God. Okay. So I have to ask because like I said, I watched, obviously we watched these back to back because they were together. Yes. So was the first half where we get all of Julie's story or the yes. second half? First. One. Okay, good. I want to make sure. Now I feel like this makes so much more sense. And I know I tweeted this out. And Florence Favor had actually responded to it. 
Well, she liked it and retweeted why she couldn't say a lot in the interview. No, we had like the edited version of the interview up on um, our YouTube channel for Fangirl Zone. But I understand why she she was very hesitant to answer some questions. Right. And it makes perfect sense now when you see this. And I was just losing my mind going, that makes sense why she couldn't answer that. And that's why she was afraid to say too much about this. And I loved that we got her story and found out what happened. And in we don't know what happened in regards to her first getting into um the OPA. No. But we got everything that happened from after she was recruited, right. after she had decided to do, you know, this grand mission, basically. And I was just fascinated, <laughs> I guess is the best word. It was great. And I love that we finally get to hear her talk because we barely hear her talk. Yeah, we hadn't. I'm like, hopefully she wasn't paid by word, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was amazing to finally see Florence Favor and her whole story come full circle for us on screen. And it's just very sad because there's no way she's going to be back in season two unless she's just a flashback. Mm, I'm not what? going to uh, go that far just yet. Oh, I'm like, do you have some insights? <laughs> No, I don't have anything oh, uh, like, solid. What did you find out? <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of just Julie's story now that we know everything that happened? Well, it's pretty much the way Miller kind of played it out in his head, which I thought was, you know, rather nice. Um, mm -hmm. It was really interesting that they were planning on being the ones that attacked the Anubis, only to find out it was the stealth ship. Right. And not just that, we find out that she was trying to infiltrate this ship because she they just thought there was weapons, but it was her father's weapons. Right. You know, and that's so that kind of comes back around when Miller, I'm like, why did I blank? Miller had originally gotten the case. Then we have to know that there's no way that it was her father that asked for this. No. So this whole time, then it, it clears up for me, at least, that. Uh, it wasn't something recent with uh, Miller's police chief. It was basically from the beginning. And she thought that he would be just that tenacious and get the answers that the OPA wanted. Mm -hmm. Which is surprising because she just seemed to think he was a screw up this whole time. Right. And I'm not really sure if it, if Dawes was behind Miller getting the case because we see Julie actually trying, you know, calling him and trying to get a hold of him. Mm -hmm. but there's he doesn't respond to her her call, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. I'm not really sure where that connection is yet. You mean with Julian Dawes, right? right? Okay. No, I'm sure Dawes brought her into the OPA and got her set up on this mission. Now, why he didn't, you know, respond is questionable, and was it him that bought out Miller's chief or was it somebody else? And, you know. Oh, see, so it's leaving more questions for you where I'm feeling like they're answered for me. Right. Oh, okay. I mean, I can see Julie's father and Dredson doing a lot of this, but I don't think that they specifically were the ones behind getting Miller involved. Well, that's why I figured there's no way when we find out that it was Julie's father's ship. Right. That there's no way that he was the one who's like, I need to know what happened to my daughter. Yeah. Because even though at that moment he didn't know, I just felt like there's no way because he wouldn't want anybody investigating him. Right. But I'm sure the Anubis, before it went south, 
probably contacted Julie's father and informed him that they had her on the Anubis. Right. But then it went dark, and so, yeah, he wouldn't have known what happened to his daughter. Now you've brought more questions. (laughs) Dang it, Steve. I thought I I had answers. (laughs) I still think that they wrapped it up very well. They, you know, showed everything that happened to her from, you know, when they tried to get the Anubis, when basically the one guy on, on the ship starts to rough her up. Yeah. And all of a sudden... One of, was it the captain? Yes. Was like, oh no, hands off. So not everybody even knew who she was. Right. And so they just kind of shove her in there. And then we see when she gets out, what happens and how she gets infected. Right. Which that I thought was interesting. You'd have to go back to the first episode to kind of figure out um, the time frame of how quickly everybody was infected. Right. Because she did not get infected until she kind of got out of that prison. So... Right, out of the padded room. (laughs) The luggage carrier. I don't know what we called it. (laughs) It wasn't very big, but it seemed pretty big when she was floating around in there. We have the captain, and it makes me wonder if they knew exactly what was going on and what they were transporting, I guess. Because she started feeling hot, and then next thing we know, when Julie gets out, everybody's dead. Right. Julie's the one who can shut everything down. She's sending messages. Then she realizes she's got to get out of Dodge. And she just happened to, well, like brush up on some of the substance that was on a wall. No, on a conduit, right? Yeah, I thought it dripped down from above and got her on the arm. but Yeah, it was like barely anything. Right. and Just a little bit, but that's all it took. (laughs) Right. And next thing we know, she's, you know, and this is when I thought things went kind of weird. She realizes she has to get out. She's infected, but doesn't know she's infected. Right. She gets over to Eros. She's trying to lay low, and she's, you know, this is all, like, first person. She's telling us, you know, I I tried to stay out of harm's way. I tried to keep a low profile, and I'm still waiting for you, and you're not here. And this whole time, it's like, okay, is he even, because this is assuming she's sending it all to Dawes, is he even getting these messages? Exactly. Or is it possible, like you kind of brought up, that it's somebody else entirely? And we just assume it's Dots because he was so adamant about wanting to know himself. Right. So what if it's, oh, and what if we find that out too, that it's somebody completely different? That would be nuts. Yes, it would. Oh my gosh. So many answers and questions all at the same time. That's what we do. (laughs) But I loved it. I loved it. I thought though that she even though she figured out how to stop it from spreading, I thought the way they showed it with her in the bath or the bathroom. Yeah, the shower stall. They kind of like pull back and I don't don't remember if they showed the vent or if they showed the drain. But I immediately thought that everything was being everybody was gonna be infected. Like it was gonna spread that way. Right. Although it was really cool. With the weird, we talked about before, the weird like crystal coming out of her mouth and freezing and spider web and stuff. Yes. Which we then have. Dredson comes in and starts taking samples. Yeah, he was creepy. Just yeah. a little. <laughs> Although I was kind of surprised because he said it wasn't airborne. So it was, at, it had to be actual physical. Contact, yes. That was weird, too. I don't know. Yeah, he says, but if it's wet, don't touch it unless you want something wonderful to happen. Now, yeah, not creepy at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, obviously, this guy knows what's up, and the way he's talking, and I think it's more in the next 
Oh, no, it is in this episode because he's talking to Julie's father and part of it. Right, where he tells him about Judy's death, Julie's death, and he's got a sample of uh, the proto-molecule, as he calls it, and the injections are being prepared. And when they go back to show Julie's father, I thought he was on some kind of base where something was happening because it looked like when he looks up on the screens and he sees like all this um like red flashing and the, like right. exit i thought something was happening where he was i mean is this just he seen plans of eros is that pretty much what that was or do you think yeah, it was something think so. else it, no i think okay. that was the plans the eros plans okay because i was thinking that wherever he was like maybe they were kind of destroying all evidence because we see a whole lot of crap happen with him and it it wasn't even a lot of actual screen time it was just a very powerful moment that we see with him later right and i don't want to spoil it just yet even though i know you've all seen it so we'll get to that so let's go back who are we going to well we still haven't finished with julie you know after dredson takes all this all these samples later on in the episode they cut back to her again where they've got these three lasers set oh, up and right. shooting her. How did I forget that? And that's oh, when I thought, eh, what the frick is going on here? Like, is she going to come back to life somehow? Yeah, is this somehow going to uh, bring all the, you know, eradicate the bad stuff and she'll come back to life as a superhuman or something? Mm, mutant. Yeah. <laughs> Except... No, that wasn't the goal at all. Well, they I'm not want- sure what the goal was with her. They had to go with the aero station, mm-hmm. and they wanted to find out if the actual um, radiation would have any effect on it. Oh, see, I thought that they automatically knew that it would help make it grow. Hmm, yeah, that could be possible as well. Anyway, yeah, uh, so Dresden is a big jackass. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one nice way because basically he's ready to use everybody as a guinea pig and doesn't care. Very distressing. Yes. Uh, and of course, Miller has that one shot to take Dredson down because he recognizes him from the video clip of when they first discover it. And of course, Holden stops him and you just go, no, no. Do that. <laughs> right. But then they would have totally blown their cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of sucks and you don't know what would have been better. Although I think that we're going to be discovering a whole lot more Dresden for the next, ep- uh, next episode, next series, season. season yes. So, hmm. But let's talk a little bit about what they did with the guinea pigs. <laughs> They were rounding everybody up to put them in radiation shelters. Right. And, and giving them uh, iodine shots. Thank you. I almost said B12. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's the wrong thing. In Not fact, exactly. They were infecting them with the same stuff to see what was going to happen. Right. And these radiation shelters, which is kind of interesting, uh, wasn't protecting them from radiation. It was, in fact, hitting them with more radiation. Yes. We have our guys find them, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But a lot of stuff happened and it escalated kind of quick. And we find out that the police on the station were, in fact, not police. They were all former gangs, right? Yeah. yeah so, they were all gangs that Dredson and Mal hired to uh, become the new CPM cops. So he, they can control them. Right. And for the most part, that worked. Yeah. Until it didn't. 
<laughs> until everybody, until they all started to panic about getting off of the, off of arrows. Right. And then it was every man for himself. True. But like I said, we'll get to that because that's actually more in the second. Yes. The second half. It's kind of hard to distinguish what was the first half, what was second because it just was all together and it was just amazing. And still, I have to say, I have to give it to sci-fi for really investing in this with the special effects. Yes. Okay. So before we get too far down the rabbit hole, let's bring it back. Right. We get Johnson's <laughs> uh, recording his message saying that he has evidence that the ship that destroyed both the Scorpoli and the can was not OPA, not Mars, but was an Earth-built ship. Mm-hmm. And right when he's coming on to, to broadcast that, Ava Solara is finding that out herself. Yes. Which I thought was interesting because she goes to, she had paid respect, I think it was last episode, to her friend who had committed suicide or was found dead. Yeah. I, I'm still fuzzy on the details. Right. I doubt very seriously that uh, <laughs> he committed suicide. Right. She's finding this out. He's giving this information and then she's all of a sudden talking to the her boss. Yes. Wanted, and he's like, oh, yeah, but uh, everything goes back to them. It goes back to the OPA. And I'm like, come on. Just the way he's he's trying to play it, it was driving me crazy. And I think at this point, Avislara realizes that she is being duped. And I think she realized how sincere Johnson was with everything that he had done. Right. Like, with... Because it had to take a lot because he didn't have to say anything because of him going on, I shouldn't say national news, um, this broadcast, you know, all of a sudden they're coming for him now and he has to believe that they're not going to let him live or at least not right. very long. Right. Just like they weren't going to let Holden live. Right. Because he had seen too much and... Actually, it was the data that the uh, Martian corporal actually had on him that Holden provided, which actually ended up leading to Johnson figuring out that, yes, they were actually built by the by Earth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can see why the head of the U.N. wanted both Holden and Johnson taken out because they were the only two that could actually point it back to them as to what's going on. And that isn't, isn't even the worst of it. <laughs> right, right. There's a whole nother thing that we can point fingers about. And that's what Dresden's doing. So that's crazy. Ava Sarala go, you know, goes home and tells her husband that he needs to take the kids to Luna ASAP. But I mean, does she think they'd even be safe there? She has to realize that they can get at them anywhere. Oh, yeah, you would think so. Okay, so let's get back with our guys that we haven't talked about, or we kind of, but not really. Yes, because both Miller and Holden have gotten (laughs) caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) Well, okay, so our crew splits up because they're trying to get back to the ship. And when they're saying there's radiation, they're locking everything down. Right, everything's on lockdown. Miller happens to see Dredson and is going after him. And Holden goes after Miller. Miller and tells Nagata, make it back to the ship. If I'm not back in three hours, get the hello out of here. Right. So again, Holden trying to be, you know, the Boy Scout. It's like something's not right. We need to get into one of these radiation shelters. So they end up getting it out or again, I'm sorry, opening it up. But 
that's when all of a sudden radiation hits in there. Right. And I thought it was kind of interesting because Miller had no idea what the hell just happened. No. But Holden's like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells them they have, what, like... A couple hours. Yeah, it was like five hours, I think, or something. So they're, like, going through medical areas, like first aid kits, That's grabbing right. everything they could. Yeah, any kind of painkillers, sedatives, anything Anti-nausea. to... Yeah. Help with the Which symptoms. I thought was a little funny that later on they're like Miller, like he doesn't question it at first. And it's actually into the second episode. He's like, what if we take too much of this? What can happen? <laughs> and so Holden's like, oh, this, this, this death. He's like, oh, so either way. All right. Yeah. And I was freaking out though. Cause I'm like, no, what are you going all Game of Thrones on what? me? You're going to kill people off. Really? This whole time we didn't know what the heck happened to Julie. No. And then you're going to be like, I'm like, all right, you know, very Twin Peaks-ish, you know, somebody's dead that you don't really see, but we get her story finally. But then we're going to have this, and I was freaking out. So I wasn't happy that they were hit with radiation, and we didn't know what was the what. But that kind of takes us into episode 10, unless there's anything else with 9 you want to talk about. No, I think we've got 9 covered. Episode 10, Leviathan Wakes. The Rossinati crew, Miller and Holden, suffering from the effects of radiation sickness, make their separate ways through the increasingly... Horrific situation on arrows towards the ship. They theorize that whoever is behind the stealth ship, Mao, purposefully <laughs> using the impoverished population as food for the proto-molecule infection. That's a creepy name. Thank you. Yes. Miller begins to see hallucinations of Julie Mao. Amos kills Miller's friend, Semi, after he holds Nagata at gunpoint. When she refuses to launch the Rasnati without Holden, they make it to the ship and are treated for their advanced radiation sickness as the conspirators remotely activate a device that accelerates the unique protomolecule crystals in Julie's corpse. Analysis of a liquid from her corpse shows a triple-stranded DNA with a third unknown additional chain. On Earth, Avasalara presents the evidence to Ehrenreich that Earth did indeed manufacture the stealth ships, but for a civilian corporation. He terminates her investigation while praising her good work and assuring her that his own research has shown the OPA to be the mysterious corporation. It is revealed that the UN is involved with Jules Pierre Mao's conspiracy. Avasalara resolves to fight the corruption within her government and uncover the truth. On Eros, Kenzo, who failed to escape, finds himself trapped with a highly advanced form of protomolecule, Firefly-like airborne motes of light study him and mimic his form before grabbing him with a tentacle and absorbing him into the massive growth on Eros. <laughs> That's absolutely everything. Good night. No. Yeah. It was crazy. Yes, it was. So we had jumped ahead talking about Julie's corpse. Like you said, weren't sure if it was going to be helping her or just like triggering and had the molecule. Else, yes. Yeah. So obviously it triggered it. I love, though, we're getting more of Nagata without them telling us about Nagata. Right. Yeah, that was one thing I, I tweeted at her. When are we going to get some of your story? Right. And, and she replied back, with, shh. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of got some of it because she had figured there's a way to the ships. When everything's locked down, there is a way that the OPA used. Right. Again, we don't know if she's actually OPA. I'm thinking it's more that she actually grew up with the OPA or that her family was involved. But I still don't think she's OPA. But that's my own thing. Yeah. I kind of got the feeling that she actually was uh, a drug runner for the OPA. And that's how she knew how to use the tunnels? Right. 
Okay. And she yeah, found the I don't think map she was a full-fledged, you know, OPA Member? fanatic. I think she was making a living by running their drugs for them. So, yeah, yeah. she really wasn't a Dawes or Johnson OPA member. She mm-hmm. was more, you know, a fringe member just making a living any way she could. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I understand that. And that would make sense because she's trying to pay for school, basically. Right. But I did like too that she was trying to help people. Like there was right. a little girl. Yeah. They- and I, I'm wondering if she's seen like herself in that little girl. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why and that like, would not help. surprise me at all. Mm hmm. That, you know, she probably had probably one of the harder upbringings than almost everybody, maybe, except for Amos. And that's why they Amos has such a bond with her. Well, I thought that was interesting, too, when they were down in the tunnels and that Nagata, you know, it's like, yeah, we can help them because the one a guy who's like, help us. And then he's we see the little girl. So I'm assuming everybody thought. They were family. Right. Yes, that was the initial assumption. And the guy says, I don't know who that kid is. (laughs) Right. And then Amos is like, if she falls behind, you're being left behind kind of thing. And I thought that showed a lot, too, with Amos and how he felt about, you know, everything. Right. How he was brought up, too. Yeah. Now, Nagata never didn't want to be the leader. And you could tell that she struggled with being the leader at times. Mm Mm-hmm. But I thought she did a... I thought she did a great job. A great job, yes. She handled it better than could be expected because they had they were all pulling at her in every different direction there for a while as she tried to make the way through the, through the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And then when everything's happening up top, of course, you know, they're in the tunnel and they end up seeing a uh, infected... Yes. Partially dead body. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know really how to say it because we thought he's dead and then he's not dead <laughs> and then he's dead again. I'm like, what is this? Like walking dead? What is going on? I think she handled herself very well with everything. And the guys finally listened to her. And I say this because, yeah, Amos always listened to her. But the rest of them were always kind of, uh, I'm not sure. Should we listen? Should we do this? What do we do? But finally, they realize, okay, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about, and she's going to get us where we need to go. So it made me very happy. And I think I tweeted something out, and she's like, yeah, it took them long enough to listen. (laughs) Exactly. So they were really fun tweeting with them, too. Yes. And uh, I kind of got caught up in the tweet because I tweeted, and then they were all talking through my tweet. Mm-hmm. So thanks, guys. I appreciate you getting my name out there. Really? <laughs> it was great. And so, yeah, bottom line, they get back to the Rossi, the Nagata crew, which is Nagata, Amos, and Alex. Alex and Simi. Right. And then some people that they've managed to try to save along the way. Right. Unfortunately, the little girl's family catches them and takes the girl with them instead of letting... Nagata Taker. I don't know why. They didn't want to listen. <laughs> no. It made me crazy. Sad, but, that's for sure. Yeah. But this is when things kind of blow up with Semi. Yes. Because, you know, Nagata's like, okay, we made it. We told him three hours. We got time. And Semi was just kind of being an ass. Yeah. He didn't care about Miller. Quickly. He didn't care about Holden. He wanted off that rock. Right. And talk about escalating quickly. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, he's holding a gun on Nagata, which I'm just thinking, this is a really bad idea. Yes. All right. If you shoot her, do you really think the rest of the crew is going to be, you know, really helpful? Yeah. And you don't know how to fly this thing. So maybe you should not do that. So suddenly he, you know, says something to Amos and he's like, all right. And it took me a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, because you hear the gunshot and then you see blood splattering on Nagata's face. For a brief second, you go, what? Did they just kill Nagata? <laughs> At least they didn't go to commercial right there. Right. Because <laughs> I would have probably just been in tears like, what? What happened? No, you but... can't do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been worse if it went went to uh, to be continued at that point. Right. That's when you have a breakdown. Turns out you don't turn your back on Amos. No. And he just, it was really calm about everything. And it's really making me feel that he's really the psycho. Uh-huh. <laughs> that he, I'm believing he is. Because all of a sudden he's like, all right, I'll put him down below. Just like like he's throwing dirty laundry downstairs right. or something. I I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> and I'm. I mean, as dire as the situation is on Eros, how do you think those people who are sitting there going, oh, crap, these people just saved us and this guy's a nut job. Right. Like, I would be a little afraid if I was um, being like, um, yeah, we'll sit over here. We'll just be quiet. It's fine. We won't even talk. <laughs> Nothing. You know, just don't look at me because I'd be afraid of what Amos might do. Before we, we complete the Rossi. Let's go back a little to the UN, shall we? Alrighty. You had started talking about this earlier, so you want to go on with the UN? Yeah, basically, you know, Avasolara has figured out that, you know, everything that her boss is telling her just isn't adding up. Mm-hmm. And she's thoroughly convinced that Johnson is telling the truth. She's got some proof that she's going to go to her boss with and... When she does, sure enough, who walks up but his security advisor, Jules Pierre Mao. Yeah, that was messed up. Yeah, that was really messed up (laughs) when you know what's going on on Eros. Right. Now, obviously, she doesn't know, but still, she knows things aren't quite right. Right. And she doesn't know what the end game is. Right. You know, why are you, you know, if, if you did this to just, Try to start a war with the Belters and Mars. Why? So, yeah, yeah, that's what's got her puzzled more than anything is trying to figure out why this is going on and Mm -hmm. why would anybody Mm -hmm. want to start a war? Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's a lot worse. Why are they always right? Yeah. And obviously, she doesn't even realize how bad it is. Right. Obviously, we don't want this thing to make it to a planet. Yeah, no. That would be absolutely terrible and just devastate the population. Yeah, hopefully as the Rossi leaves the station, they'll turn around and nuke it as well. <laughs> well, see, that could be a problem. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's finish up with uh, talking about what's going on first with Miller and Holden, and then we'll discuss a little more about that. Yeah, well, actually, this part of the story was some of the best stuff. Because you get some great back and forth between Miller and Holden. Yes. And we actually, I feel like we learn a lot more about both of them. Yes. And Miller seems to have gotten the worst of the, or is reacting worse to the radiation. Because he's already coughing up blood. Right. Which made me wonder if he was already sick or something. And this just kind of, you know, 
pushed it forward. Like maybe he had cancer or something, and that's well, why he was kind it of. It may simply be because he's a belter and Holden's from Earth. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, that the radiation would probably affect Miller worse because of the differences in the physiology. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Miller keeps seeing visions of Julie Mao. <laughs> which immediately, when he first starts coughing up blood and he's seeing the visions, I thought he was infected right. with the uh, proto molecule, molecule <laughs> and that it was somehow like her trying to talk to him through it. Ooh, that would be yeah. Would have been going really out there. Yeah, and you know when we realize that it's just him hallucinating, I was like, oh, I was almost a little of a letdown for me. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible, but because I had wanted it to be this other thing, that's why. Right. And that would, I would have loved that as well. That would have been great if she actually like, wasn't dead and was actually communicating with him through the proto molecule. That would have been weird though. Oh yeah. Really <laughs> that would have been weird. a whole different story. <laughs> uh, so yeah, everybody infected though is turning into Almost like zombies. Yes, they are. And Miller and Holden are trying to avoid the infected people, it's trying to avoid <laughs> the police yeah, on the, the station. CPM. And just trying to make their way back to the Rossi as they're sick and possibly dying. And it's crazy the stuff that happens because they have to fight, they have to shoot. They have to hide in the game room. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, there's got to be some way out of there. And there wasn't, but... Thankfully, nobody came after the moron who decided to go play Jenko or whatever yeah. the heck he was playing. <laughs> it's like, really? You know what's happening. But then I, I was thinking about it. I don't think they really knew what was going on. They just knew they're like, all right, we're going to hurt these people and we're setting up cameras to see whatever happens to them. But they didn't know to the level that, you know, what was going on. Right. So I think that's why he wasn't too concerned and in a hurry to go and get out of there. <laughs> And he thought, hey, I got some money. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what happened? Well, now you're dead. Yeah. Sorry. You shouldn't have bent over. If you never had seen Holden, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Miller's the one who took him out, but still. <sighs> so they're working their way back. They're finally finding ways around. And they, they've they had, well, I can't even say they. Miller has killed people to try to get them uh this, what would you say, CPM? Yeah. CPM. The uniforms. And weapons, so they can get past everything to get to the ship. And, oh, who happens to show up? Yeah, good old Kenzo. I wanted to punch him in the face. Uh-huh. I wanted Miller to shoot him, but he still wouldn't. Well, see, what I was wondering, if you're the spy and you're transmitting, are you transmitting everything that's happening all the way to the end? So do they actually see what has happened? That is a really good question. Maybe Avrasarala will get that information, but more than likely it'll go to her boss and he'll delete it before she gets to see it. Right. But I guess we'll find out. Very Seeing soon. that Daddy Mao is security advisor. Right. I don't know. I think that would be really interesting, especially the fact that, cause Holden lets him go. Right. Holden could have shot him multiple times. Yes. And he ends up letting him go. And he's like, what did he say something about? live like you or die like you lived or something. Uh -huh. it, was, it was a little deep for that particular moment. But uh yeah, Kenzo's like, fine, I'll go hide out somewhere. He opens the door and we see this mo proto-molecule, which has gotten huge, kind of like when it was on 
the uh, Anubis. Yes. And next thing you know, I loved it because you see like the little lights behind him, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> messing with him big time. Right. And all of a sudden, like he sees himself in like what you said looked like fire fireflies almost. Right. And he was kind of freaking out. That's why I'm hoping that this whole thing has been like recorded and sent. Mm-hmm. And then next thing we know, it's like, oh, and now he's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Shish kebab to the back. But I thought this, those little light things were going to like become him. Right. Almost like, you know, the clones that we've seen and we don't know what the hell they are. Right. That's what I thought it was going to do. Mm-hmm. And again, I guess we'll find out because it may, very well may happen. Next sure. season. I keep saying shortly, like it's going to come back on right away. <laughs> and it's not. It's just me and wishful thinking. Yes. Uh, but we have, we have our guys get to a very important area. Yes. Cause most of the CPM are, have set up all this equipment and are now trying to make their ways to the transport. So the lifts are back up and they're gathering up and we have to. Figure out a way to get through there. Yes. And it turns out that Dresden's people are like, oh, no, no, you guys go over to the other dock. That's right. where you're leaving from. Which I think at that point, the other dock, and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> was, yeah, fight your way through the crap that we just made and good luck. Yeah. Yeah. You aren't getting off the base. <laughs> right. I love it that because Holden could not pass his OPA. No. Or an, at a belter, basically, is what I mean. But Miller obviously is from that. So he's kind of trying to incite a riot because most of them don't know who, what any of the other people look like. Right. Because they've been spread out and one guy recognizes Miller, but he doesn't say anything. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> they want to keep us down. Uh-huh. And the fight ensues, which was great because that was the distraction they needed to get to the lift to get to the Rossi. Right. But, and I is it just me? I don't remember who the guy is that he, that recognized no, Miller. No, I couldn't. I didn't either. Okay. So, so it's not just you. All right. So it's not something that we remember seeing. Right. Okay. That was probably one of the OPA guys in the first episode or two that Miller had a conflict with. Wait a minute. That wasn't the dude that put the, uh, uh, the thing through his partner, was it? Ooh. It just dawned on me. Ooh, yeah. I bet it was. Oh, oh my gosh. I bet it was. Okay, people. I have... <laughs> This dawned on me, and it's been like two weeks. <laughs> Light bulb. Uh, because that explains it, why he's like, come on, come on. You're trying to get him onto the lift and then shoots him. Yeah. And he's just like, he had it coming. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Holden's just like, they get over to the outside of, of the Rossi, and Miller's like, they made it. They made it. And they're kind of like knocking on <laughs> Which I'm like, can you even hear that? And that's when all of a sudden, again, Miller sees Julie Mao. Right. And he just utters beautiful. And then they go back and it's Amos. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing. He's just like, you look like shit. (laughs) Well, there's the understatement of the year. Thanks. I love it because they get him on board and Miller does see Semi and he doesn't say anything right away. No. Because obviously he's dead. Yeah. But then they put the awesome uh, medical gear on them. And Amos is like, man, you guys must really be messed up. I keep trying to go to hospice. <laughs> Which is basically, we're going to dope you up just so you feel better till you die. Yeah. And uh, so they're fixing them, basically. And it was 
uh, made me feel better. As yes. every time they go back to the little medical device, like one of the little radiation thing goes away. Right. So I was like, okay, they're not killing them off. I feel better. Yes. And then they get out of Dodge. Although they were, they're kind of trapped there. And I love Alex at this moment. Yes. Alex did come through there. <laughs> Cause he's like, what are they like? Screw this fake gas crap. Yeah. He's like blows all the stuff off and he takes off. And this is where I'm thinking, cause you see the, oh, it's not the Anubis, but it's another stealth ship right. that has Dresden goes one way and our guys go the other. And so there's basically the Eros is in, be, is in between them. So Dresden's people may not actually see the, the Rossi, Rossi get, get out, out of there, right? So my worry is as much as we want them to blow it all to hell, right? If they were to do that, because we don't know what's happening at the, that's pretty much the end of the show. If they were to do that, then the stealth ship is going to come after them. And right. obviously we don't want that to happen because we want our guys to get away, but we don't want arrows to be there. So it's like, I'm conflicted of what's going to happen and what I want to happen for the next season. Right. And <sighs> if they turn around and try to go to Tycho, is They're that going to be him. there or, you know, that are they walking into a hornet's nest there as well? Right. We have no now, idea what's happening. Yeah. But now granted, it pro- they probably didn't send non-UN stealth ships to Tycho. Right. That should be normal UN ships, but, you know, is the Rossi going to be able to, you know, stand up to a UN gunship? I don't know. Or are they going to go back to Johnson or, you know, where are they going? It's, it's, oh, there's just so many questions mm-hmm. and I want the next season to be here already. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the the finale that made me happy and sad and angry? <laughs> Is everything all rolled into one? Everything that a finale should be. So anything you want to cover that we might have missed? Well, I don't think we've really missed anything. Um, I think the way the season ended, it gives our main characters a mission that's much more urgent than discovering the truth or finding a missing woman. Yes. So the story just got a whole lot bigger, and that's got me super excited. And I have to find the books. Yes. <laughs> so I will have, like I said, my goal is at least the book, the first book, which I'm guessing is what this was based on. Yes. Or was this based on multiple? I believe it was basically um, book one. Okay. So I will have to find the books and see what I can co- what I can read before it comes back because it's it's. Oh, I want to know, but I don't want to know. I'm conflicted. <laughs> anyway, well, I'll figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> So we hope that you enjoyed our coverage of The Expanse for this season. And if you did, you know, we would really like those ratings and reviews on iTunes. But you may not be listening to us on iTunes. You may be listening to us on Podomatic or on Google Play or one of the other platforms on, where are we? Oh, YouTube. Yes. Like, where are other places? <laughs> we're in, in which a case, lot of different places. Right. Uh, we're yeah, great reviews. Like proto molecule is. Uh, <laughs> but we will not consume you. I promise. <laughs> We will be separate entities. We are not Borg. Um, <laughs> tell your friends. Hope everyone's enjoying the podcast. So, Steve, since we will still be doing sci-fi talk, because there are so many awesome things coming on sci-fi. Oh, yeah. We got- why don't you tell them where they're going to find you, too? So much good stuff to look forward to. Uh, you can find me on 
Witness Prophecies, a Sleepy Hollow podcast on Golden Spiral Media. You can also find me on The C Word, an Orphan Black podcast, Pod Doctors, a Doctor Who podcast, <laughs> and over on Hollow Nine on various other podcasts. <laughs> you can Yes, follow, so many. Yes, follow me on Twitter at Salyer Steeb. And Fangirl Zone, Fangirl Zone, Fangirl Zone. Yes. Fan, uh, of course, you can find me fangirlzone.com, which also has our contact page, which has uh, Google Plus, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I'm like, I feel like there's tons more stuff. We have a presence pretty much. I actually have my Instagram too. Uh, yes. Not very good at it, but it's on there. Um, uh, and Pinterest by the way. So we're everywhere. So come find us and all the awesome stuff. And again, I am also with Hollow Nine. So we have stuff going on over there. Some really interesting things that we like to talk about. We have new shows starting too for Fangirl Zone. Uh, I just recorded the first one. It's in the can for Why Aren't You Watching? So there'll be some fun stuff that we'll be talking about there. And as always, you know, we want to hear from you. Podcast at gmail.com. Heck, I want to hear a fanfic. If somebody has fanfic about any of these people, send it to me. Because I have somebody who's super excited, who's in our group, that likes to read fanfic. Mm -hmm. And if you are fine with it, so please, if you are okay at the bottom, let us know. uh, Because we will have people link to your page and possibly read it on air if we can. Unless it's like super long, then we probably won't read it. But we will review it and send people links and uh, we have tons of stuff going on over on FangirlZone.com. We have some contests coming up, so stay tuned for that. Yes, stay tuned yes, to yes. yes our Twitters. So mine's Jetta528, like Steve said, tell your Steve, because we're going to be talking about our contests, and we have more than one. And, of course, our affiliate links. I have a whole tab. I have a ton of things. Go to it. Check if it you, out. Yeah, Once Upon a Tea, Snorg. Uh, oh, my gosh, California Wine Club, Amazon. Oh my gosh, put yourself in the story. I have more. I'm just, I keep getting these links that I put up and every so often they will send us discount, uh, like coupons for it to go on there if you use our links. So if, whenever I get it, it will be underneath the actual link for you guys. So make sure you check them out. It doesn't cost you guys any extra. And I'm hoping to get as many coupons as I can for you guys. Fans Edge is also on there. So, you know, Super Bowl just happened if you want to buy your team. Go through there. Of course, you'll have to click through the Blackhawks link because, yes, <laughs> I'm a hockey gal. Sorry. But you can get to all the different sports teams. Go sports. Um, <laughs> so I think that's about it for now. And Steve and I will be coming at you with another edition of Sci-Fi Talk very soon. Because, like Steve said, you know, we're talking magicians next. That's right. And then we got 12 monkeys and everything else that's coming up. So, yes, we are going to be very busy this year. Yes, we are. All right, then. Until the next episode. Stay safe out there.